Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. My guest for this edition of Americana Music Profiles is Eli Smith, founder and producer of the 12th Annual Brooklyn Folk Festival. As of the time of this recording, the festival was scheduled for April 17th through the 19th. This festival has since been rescheduled until November 6th through the 8th, 2020. Join in as we talk about the origins of this festival and all of the great artists and features they have lined up for this creative event. Hi, Eli. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you on. Uh, We are going to be talking about the Brooklyn Folk Festival um, in a couple minutes. Um, I, I wondered, Eli, if you could uh, maybe just give me a little bit of background about yourself and um, you know, uh, how you got involved in music and what brought you up to this point. Yeah, sure, of course. Well, I'm from uh, New York City. I, I grew up in downtown Manhattan in Greenwich Village, uh, which a lot of people remember as um, a place where folk music happened right. <laughs> back in the 1950s and 1960s. And when I was growing up there in the 1990s, um, there wasn't much going on, but I knew that something had happened there, something uh, that was, <laughs> you know, important to me. Yeah. As I began to discover the music, I, you know, I, I, I heard Mississippi John Hurt, and I heard the Harry Smith Anthology and Woody Guthrie and the New Lost City Ramblers. And I knew that all those people had been where I was, um, but they weren't there now. And I started to look for it. I started to try to find some of the older musicians that were still in my area. Yeah. And um, just got all the uh, records that I could and just started trying to educate myself about the music. And that's, I mean, you know, blues music and drug band music and old-time string band music and, uh, and so on. And that really became the focus of my life over the last over the last number of years, and uh, it was during a period of a lull because there there have been three waves of the folk music revival mm-hmm. in the United States. The first wave was in the 1930s and 40s with um, Louis Guthrie and Pete Seeger and right. Billy and, and and all their friends there. And then the second wave happened starting in the late 1950s through the 60s and into the 70s. That mm-hmm. was the second wave. And what we're doing now 
um, I see as the third wave. It's you know, okay. kind of the third wave of, of the um, folk music revival, if you want to call that, uh-huh. uh, in the United States. And that's what I've tried to be a part of um, and tried to make happen in New York City uh, and around the country, you know, for the last number of years. Actually, as we're speaking today, I'm, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, with my string band, the Downhill Strugglers. We're, we're an old-time string band. We've been playing for a few years. And uh, we found ourselves in Louisville, Kentucky today. Um, but, of course, I started the Brooklyn Folk Festival with uh, the Jalopy Theater, which is the home for, you know, folk and traditional music in, in New York City at this moment. Uh-huh. And um, we've been doing that now for 12 years. We have our 12th, uh, 12th annual Brooklyn Folk Festival coming up. Um. You mentioned the uh, what you see is the third wave of folk music. Um, what do you see as uh, you know every type of movement or wave or whatever uh, term you know you use for things like that seems to have some sort of uh, something behind it. Did, did is that something that um, you, you feel like you're a part of creating, or did you see that sense that coming for some reason and and then uh, decide for yeah. to become a part of it. Yeah, right. Well, both. You know, it's always both. Um, but yeah, I, I've tried to, you know, create what I what I wanted to see mm-hmm. um, happening. So when I thought of the Brooklyn Folk Festival back in 2008, we had our first festival in 2009. Um, it seemed to me I was surprised that there wasn't already a Brooklyn Folk Festival because there was so much talent in mm-hmm. that field mm-hmm. for the music in, uh, in New York City and, you know, around. And so I was surprised there wasn't already a Brooklyn Folk Festival, yeah. but then there, there we were, so we started it, we made it. And it was quite popular and successful right away, which okay. showed me that, there, that it was filling a need, um, both for the performers and for, you know, fans of the music, people that were looking for um, music that was, uh, you know, traditional American music and music from uh, all over the world, which we represent at, at the Brooklyn Book Festival. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was both. And the, the folk music revivals, um, you know, it happens in, in cycles. So um, maybe every 30 years yeah. or 40 years, it kind of comes around again. But that's also tied to other things. Like, um, I think an interest in, in, in what people think of as folk music or even as whatever authentic music is or, you know, something like that. People look for that mm-hmm. during during times when there's um, political unrest or social instability, all the things that we're experiencing now. Yeah. So, um, so they you know, see more as... economic recession. Yeah. <laughs> people so... look for something... Right, and I, I, I've always kind of felt like folk music um, seems to kind of have a surgence when when people feel the need to uh, make some sort of expression um, against, not necessarily against. I don't want to make it sound that way, but uh, something that they feel led inside folk music seems to be kind of the outlet for making an expression about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, the idea of folk music has been tied in the United States to uh, left-wing political ideals, definitely since the 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when did you see 
interest in folk music happening in the, in the 1930s during the, the Depression, and then again in the 1960s um, during the radical period, you know, at that time. Uh, you know, and now again, so if you want to look at it, like, you know, with a sense of history, then it, it's not sure. surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're 12 years in, do you, have you sensed or have you been able to see, um, the, the festival itself, um, causing, causing growth in folk music and, and if not nationally, at least in the surrounding communities where you're having the festival held? Well, um, yeah, I would add, mention, I think I forgot to say the dates, it's April 17th, 18th, and 19th uh, there uh, at the Brooklyn Folk Festival at Penland's Church, and your listeners can, can really look look up the festival on our website and find out mm-hmm. all the information. There's about 50 different bands playing, as well as workshops and jam sessions and uh, dances and <laughs> film screenings and contests, so it's, there's, there's a lot to, a lot to um, hear and, and do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. It's, it's quite a substantial festival at this point. Um, ticket prices are low, it's what you need to get to in downtown Brooklyn. And to your question, yeah, I think uh, the festival has grown a lot, a lot, you know, over the 12 years, from being a small thing that was at the Jalopy Theater, which, you know, about 100 people maximum, to being at St. Anne's Church in downtown Brooklyn, which is a beautiful cathedral building um, that seats 800 people. Uh, the festival often sells out. And, you know, it's really become a, quite a substantial event, and I think something that people all over the country, uh, and even from other countries, uh, look forward to and travel to, to check out. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I think it has contributed to the growth of the music, and there's very few festivals that actually book a lot of, that are oriented toward traditional music. A lot of folk festivals are more oriented toward singer songwriters and towards, right, um, right. you know, stuff that's, like, traditionally based in one way or another. But what we do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival that's, I think, different is that we are focused on um, on traditional music. Of course, we have wonderful uh, songwriters, and I actually am happy to announce that um, today we, we are announcing that uh, Bonnie Prince Billy is being added to our lineup this oh, year, great. which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's an amazing songwriter and singer. But what our festival mostly presents is traditional music, um, as I mentioned, blues and Jamaican music and old-time music and different uh, traditional styles of music from Mexico or from the Balkans or from various parts of Europe, um, West Africa. Uh, we really have a... a it, it shows the real range of folk music, an incredibly diverse genre, and that, that's what we want to show people. How, how did you end up in the church? How, how did that become your, your main venue for the music? St. Anne's Church. Well, St. Anne's Church is, uh, maybe some of you all listening have heard of it. It's um, a historic building <laughs> in Brooklyn and a historic um, venue for music in addition to being a church. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some really amazing concerts there over many, many years, as well as theater and other stuff. Um, but, you know, yeah, they, they, they uh, uh, reached out to us and, and asked us if we wanted to come and do the festival there. I guess that was six years ago. Oh, great. Okay. And um, he said, oh, yeah, definitely, you know, for sure, because it's such, it's such a great place to, to see music. It's at, it's, it sounds amazing in there, um, and it's a beautiful space. So it, it, was a, it was a good fit. 
does the church facilitate all of the other uh, the events, the dances, the workshops? Just one stage, multiple stages? How do you how do you uh, how do you stage yeah, all totally. of the different events? Yeah, well, it's New York, so space is tight, um, of course. But uh, the church is, is big and has different areas, and then we actually expanded again this year and rented a second, smaller church around the corner. Okay. Um, so we have three. We have three different stages going, uh, as well as uh, several areas for workshops and dances. Is this? Um, uh, is it harder to do something like this? Uh, obviously, New York City is big, and it's got its own nuances uh, along with it. But compared to you know maybe um, uh, an outdoor venue in the country somewhere, where obviously. Festivals happen all over the country. What what are the differences yeah. <laughs> of, of pulling something like this off in the middle of New York City? Yeah, it's a hustle. New York New York's all about the hustle, especially these days that it's, it's so gentrified and you know it's so expensive to be there. It's really made it hard for artists and hard for uh, working class people uh, to be in New York City. And there's a lot of red tape, bureaucracy, and stuff like that. Um, but you know we do it. We jump through the hoops that we have to jump through there, and often. Considered, you know, it's uh, we're, <laughs> we're pretty good at it, Molly. We <laughs> had a few years of experience, so it's all right. Um, we thought about making it into, you know, like an outdoor festival, uh, either in Prospect Park, the big park in Brooklyn, or moving right, it, yeah. you know, somewhere. But we really like having it actually as an urban festival in a downtown area and uh, having it really accessible for people. And also, of course, we don't have to worry about whether it's going to rain or not. Right, yep. Um, and it, it creates also a more intimate space. When you hear the music in there, it, it's, uh, it, 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 it would be different to hear it in an outdoor space. So, and I think folk music especially is powerful um, as a, uh, in kind of an intimate setting, uh, if that makes any sense. Right, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I may have asked you already and, and missed your answer, but did, do you have multiple stages, or is it just one main stage and back-to-back artists? Uh, yeah, we, well, we do have one main big stage that's uh, really really pretty cool. Um, but no, we, uh, as I, I mentioned, we have three stages going. We have uh, three okay. different stages, as well as uh, areas for workshops and dances. And there's also a great selection of food, that's actually curated by a folklorist that studies the food foodways, the food traditions of New York's, you know, many ethnic communities. Um, so people can look forward to some tasty food as well. And did I read where you also actually feature some films during this festival? Yeah, yeah. We um, we're actually the film I'd like to mention uh, is a uh, film about John Cullen, the great musician, photographer, folklorist. Uh, who passed away last fall? He was he was mm-hmm. a close friend of mine and a, a founder of the festival in many days. And uh, we played with him in our band, in our string band, the Downhill Strugglers. Uh, John was a founder of and played in the New York City Ramblers string band uh, for fifty years. And um, he he left us. He left the world this past fall. So we'll be honoring him in several ways at the festival this year. Okay. But we're happy to, to be premiering a new documentary film about his life. Oh, neat. Okay. So that's, that's one of the films that I'd like to, to mention here. Does that take place in the main theater, or do you have a separate space for the, for the we have a Yeah, we have a separate like, you know, film screen in our area. Yeah, okay, great. And then I, I think I also read where you um, 
uh, you're involving um, uh, part of the Alan Lomax, um, someone curating for them? Yes, absolutely. Um, our friend uh, Nathan Salzberg, he's a friend of the festival, and he's the curator at the Alan Lomax Archive. Of course, Alan Lomax is uh, probably the most famous and prolific American folklorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nathan Salzberg, the curator at his archive, will be doing a presentation uh, workshop on um, songs of resistance and resilience <laughs> from the Alan Lomax archive. Okay. I think that should be really cool, and here I think we'll be talking about the original artists and field recording. Yeah. And then we'll have uh, contemporary musicians uh, also interpreting the song. Okay. And uh, tell us who some of the uh, feature uh, acts, artists, bands are going to be for the event. Yeah, well, I'd like to mention, yeah, some of the bands that uh, we're excited about. I, we love all the bands equally. And we don't book based on, you know, hype or, or celebrity sure. or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's really a music-based festival. Um, but uh, some of the bands that I'd, I'd like to mention are, uh, well, we're looking forward to Les Files de Iligadad, which is a amazing band from Niger uh, in northwest Africa there. Okay. Not going to want to miss them. <laughs> they're, they're playing on uh, the Saturday night. And the legendary Ingram Epps are going to be uh, there. They're, are known as the first family of gospel music oh, cool. in, uh, from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. And uh, Jerron Paxton will be there, uh, blind boy Paxton. Jerron Paxton, he's uh, played at every single Brooklyn Folk Festival. Oh, he's cool. Our, okay. Uh, one of our very favorites and a, and a staple at the festival, so people can look forward to him coming back. Uh, the Cactus Blossoms will be there, a great country, country band, uh-huh. um, vocal, you know, duet that they are. Uh, we have a lot of offerings for children and, and families, family music. Uh, Dan Zanes will be there. Dan and Claudia Zanes um, doing they're, they're really wonderful um, children's music performance. Cool. And we have other music for kids as well. Um, yeah, the, the Birdman of Rome, the King of the Roman Buskers. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll, we'll be back, God willing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got... Uh, well, as I said, we have um, about fifty different bands playing at the festival this year, so there's uh, there's so much so much to see. Um, and I mentioned earlier that uh, exciting news just today. Actually, we'll be adding Bonnie Prince Philly uh, to the lineup at the festival this year. He's um, quite a wonderful and well-known uh, songwriter yeah. that some of your listeners may have heard of. And he has his first album out, his first full-length album out since 2011. Wow! Cool. Um, so it's okay. exciting to see him touring touring with that. And the dates again are April seventeenth through the nineteenth, so just just around the corner. Um, if folks want right. to find out, uh, look at the the full roster of folks that are playing. Get in touch with you guys with questions. Want to buy tickets? What's the best way to do all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the easiest way is to go to our website, which is brooklynfolkfest.com, dot com, and you can find the schedule. Uh, with links to videos of all the bands, more information about all the events and everything, uh, as well as buy tickets. Uh, tickets are very reasonably priced. We try to keep them uh, cheap so that it's uh, not a burden to come to the festival. We want everybody uh, that wants to come to be there. And, yeah, look us up. We're also on all the social media stuff, so it's easy to easy to connect with, with us at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. 
And I presume that uh, you guys have made links to accommodations for folks that are traveling from, from the outside into the city and, and want a place to stay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, you can find all types of hotels, you know, right in that area or get in your B&B. It's, uh, it's definitely easy to, to, to get accommodations in the area. Yeah, cool. Good. Well, thanks, Eli. I appreciate it. This sounds like a, a great event, and I wish you guys well with it. And it's certainly timely, and, and uh, it's exciting to, to hear the all the folks that you have coming. So we definitely wish you the best with it this year. Thank you so much. And if you play an instrument, there's all kinds of jam sessions going on, too. So oh, good. Okay. This is a festival that you can definitely interact with as well. Come and play. Uh, come and learn an instrument at one of our workshops. Come and sing in the harmony workshop. Uh, so there's there's a lot to hear and a lot to do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. And those are taking place all three days, as well. Yeah, people should look at the, look up the schedule on the website there, and you'll see when everything is going yeah. on. Good, great. Thanks, Eli. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at americanarhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.